0: Hello everyone, today I'm talking about five quote-unquote healthy things I stopped doing. Now, I have been working out and focusing on my nutrition for just over four years now, and over that period of time I have gone through a lot of different phases, I've tried a lot of different things, and throughout that period of time I have picked up some habits and Kind of let some fall to the wayside because in my experience, things that feel healthy or seem healthy at some point can shift over time to something that, well, isn't necessarily beneficial for us or actually healthful for us personally. So number one, one of the very first things that I, you know, really worked on um, is to Not work out when I wasn't feeling very good, and in the past, especially when I started, I would train regardless of how I was feeling. If I was feeling sick, if I had a cold, even if I had a fever, I was like, It's fine, don't be a baby, Nikki. Get to the gym, you know, work out at home, whatever it is, just get your sweat on and get that workout checked off your list. And I think disregarding how your body's feeling, and you know how your body's telling you it feels or what it needs is not very helpful and it really and honestly it just bites you in the butt long term because in my experience, when I was just working out and working through um, illness and injury, I ended up being sick so much more and I ended up being sick for longer periods of time. If I'd actually taken the time to be like, "Hey, you know what? I'm not feeling so great today i'm going to take it easy i'm not going to I'm not going to work out tomorrow you know i'll see how I feel, but if I don't feel good, i'm not going to work out then either. if I'd actually done that i I'm positive I could have mitigated being sick so many times or at least given my body time to recover and recuperate, which would have meant that I felt better sooner and was able to get back to working out and eating well sooner than I had in the past, and like currently. I'd say for the past two years, I've probably only been sick maybe once or twice, and it usually isn't like a cold, it's something like a stomach thing where you're like, oh, I'm just not feeling good, my stomach's a little bit upset, but it it has nothing to do with like, oh, I've got a runny nose and a cough, and for me, that's huge, Um, and I, I definitely attribute the reduction in my sick time to actually listening to my body and not feeling like it was detrimental to my overall well-being and progress if i took a rest day or 3 or took a whole week off the gym because i needed that all right number 2 something that i have stopped doing as much and this is over meal prepping and when i first started meal prepping back in i want to say 2015 i would meal prep every single meal and snack i was going to eat for the next 4 days and sure that mean be- it was great in that I was really well prepared for the week, but it was also problematic for a couple of reasons. And this was that when I meal prepped every single snack and meal, it didn't take into consideration my hunger levels. And if you are someone like me who now I've worked really hard to get to this point, And that is the point where I can listen to my hunger cues. I'm not like I have to have three meals a day and two snacks, I have to eat every X number of hours, I'm going to eat X number of calories, no matter how I'm feeling. I am not that person anymore. And because of that, I've really come to realize and make a strong connection between the fact that my needs food wise are not the same every day and are truly impacted by my energy levels, my energy expenditure, what I'm doing. And because of that, when I was meal prepping, I'm going to say over meal prepping in the past, I ended up, I would say like force feeding myself because I was like, well, I made three meals and two snacks for today. So I need to eat them. And when you eat regardless of your hunger levels you really aren't doing yourself any favors because if you're not hungry and you're eating but your goal is to lose weight or maintain your weight you are consuming calories that you perhaps don't need and the same thing goes for days when i was exceptionally hungry well i only have the 3 meals and two snacks so once i'm done those you're you're out of luck Nikki that that's all you've got for today which is also problematic on the other side of the spectrum so Nowadays, when I'm prepping food or meals or anything like that, I'm much more mindful of um, keeping in my, you know, keeping into consideration um, a little bit of flexibility and the fact that things don't always go as planned. Like for instance, I was hoping to make something for dinner last week and traffic going home from the gym was terrible. It would have taken us like an over an hour to get home, which is normally like 15 minute drive. And so we ended up going to Whole Foods for dinner, and I didn't cook anything. But had I had a meal at home ready to go and needing to be eaten, I would have kind of been like, well, what do I do? Do Do I not eat even though I'm hungry? Do I wait two hours till I can get home and eat? Do I throw out that meal because it needed to be eaten and wasn't? And that's kind of where I feel like if you over prep And don't leave any um, room for spontaneity, for last minute events, or just simple changes in your appetite and hunger levels. It can be difficult because either you're wasting food or you're feeling like you need to finish things and you're forcing yourself to eat things that you may or may not actually be hungry for. All right. Number three, I think this is something that I've done for many years in the past and only in the last couple of years have I really been mindful of it, and that is doing something with regards to health and fitness that you see someone that you see someone else get success from, so you know someone decides to go keto, you're like that must be the answer to look at their transformation, they look fantastic and i I'm not trying to hate on keto I have not no issue with that, like I said in the past, if it works for you, fantastic but any kind of diet that you choose or dietary protocol that you are considering because of someone else's results, I think can be a little bit problematic. Now I want to say though, that I think it's fantastic for you, for all of us to learn from other people, you know, you go, Hey, someone did that and they were really successful maybe that's something I should look into. What are the, you know, theories behind it? Why is it successful for some people? What does entail? And maybe there's some principles there that I can incorporate and would benefit from. There is nothing wrong with that. I think that is fantastic. But if you look at someone, and I think we all often do this with, you know, celebrities or people we follow on Instagram who have incredible results and you go, wow, This person looks amazing. And they said all they did was X. Okay, well, maybe all they did was X, but you also don't always know the full story behind it. And I think this is what can be problematic where someone says that they did X, but in reality, they also started working out, which maybe they weren't doing it for, or they also started doing cardio every single day, or they did X, but they also were in a very extreme calorie deficit. And so unless you have someone being completely transparent and upfront about how they got the results, I think it can be a little bit problematic for us because I, I'm definitely someone who's guilty of this in the past, where you just assume that because they did this one thing, they got these results. And so if you also do that same thing, you are going to get the same results, which can definitely be uh, problematic because it's not that's not how that works. And I did talk about this in my podcast, you know, abs in 12 weeks, is it possible? Can you get it? And I was someone who thought that, you know, based on seeing other people do the same thing, that I would have abs in 12 weeks because the program I did, you know, got an individual to that point. And so when we're expecting a certain outcome because someone else had that, uh, I feel like sometimes we're setting ourselves up for a failure. So Learn from other people, you know, be willing to try new things, experiment, but don't expect that your end goal or your end results are going to be identical to someone else because there are so many factors um, that you need to take in consideration. Your age, your health, your starting point, what you're currently doing and eating, how much you're training, what's your job like, are you very sedentary? There's so many different factors beyond just like genetics and who you are as an individual that come into play, that you just need to be very mindful of what you're expecting to achieve by doing something someone else has done. All right, number four. Uh, and I think this is one which a lot of us can relate to, and that is assuming foods advertised as healthy or you know high in protein or low in fat are actually healthy options. I'm definitely someone who in the past would take the word of whatever the box said. Oh, wow, this is high in protein. Great. Oh, this is low fat. This is low in calories. This is, you know, diet friendly. Fantastic. Throw it in my cart. Check out. Good to go. And I just assumed that eating, you know, foods marketed this way were going to get me results. And I think this is really problematic because companies literally pay other companies huge amounts of money in order to figure out how to brand their products, how to market their products in such a way where, you know, average Joe, you and I are going like, wow, that sounds great. They're selling you this idea that, you know, if you eat this, you're going to achieve this. And when it comes to foods, I am definitely someone who loves food. I love eating out. I love cooking. I love all kinds of different foods. It's a really big part of my life and building moments and memories with family and friends. So I'm not against any kind of food, but I do think that when we eliminate foods or label foods, you know, healthy and unhealthy, that can be problematic for us because when you do that, you kind of disregard the fact that portion sizes are really important. It's just like, oh, well that's unhealthy. Well, a lot of things aren't necessarily unhealthy. It's just that we don't need to be eating them by the bucket. <laughs> You want to have ice cream, go for it. But what is one serving of ice cream to you? And so this is why when you are purchasing anything that comes in a package, I always really recommend do your due diligence, read the nutritional information, read the ingredients list and figure out if something is going to be, you know, a good, a good option for you. You know, how much sugar is there? How much added sugar is there? What's the first ingredient? And if you are taking the time to look at the nutritional information and ingredients list of a package ingredients are listed in order of um the what's the main thing in there what's the most uh this is this is very hard for me to explain for some reason um first ingredient is whatever there's the most of in the recipe that they've put together so if flour is the first ingredient the the most oh my gosh guys the most common thing in there is going to be flour. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure there's a much more eloquent way to put this, but currently it is Monday morning and, and that's not happening for me. So just be mindful of that, read it over. And I think added sugars is another big one. There's a lot of different ways to add sugar to a product without writing the word sugar. And because of that, I think a lot of us kind of be like, Oh, well, I don't see sugar in here or brown sugar or So it must not have any, anything in there, but there's a lot of different things to review. And I think that's a really good, uh, topic to Google, you know, different names or terminology for sugar in products, because it is a very, very long list. And also, um, don't forget to check the serving size, because if you are buying something packaged, oftentimes, like I've seen this with, um, some drinks and it will say, you know, 100 calories for the, you know, per serving. But this drink that you're buying is actually two and a half servings. So while you think you're buying a drink that's only 100 calories, it's actually 250 calories because there's 2.5 servings in the actual drink container. So don't forget to check out Serving Size and just be, be aware of what you're buying and, and do, your, do your own research if you're not sure. All right, lastly... And this is one that I'm still following like all the rest. These are you know, healthy things that can be really healthy for you, but depending on who you are as an individual and where you're at, it can be important to reassess if they are benefiting you. So the last one that I have stopped doing, even though it is considered something healthy, is weighing myself. And when I say it's considered healthy, there's a lot of research that shows that people who weigh themselves regularly, um, if they're individuals who are trying to lose weight or maintain weight loss, people who weigh themselves regularly are much more successful at keeping um, the weight off that they've lost. And I think this is often because if you say you've lost 30 pounds and you weigh yourself once a week, if you see a fluctuation in your weight it's a moment for you to reflect and say, hey, I noticed the scale went up. What was I doing this week that was a bit different and maybe causing that? It's sort of a moment for you to check in with yourself and say, okay, good, I'm making a mental note. I ate a little bit more than usual. Moving forward, I'm going to be a bit more mindful about my choices and what I eat out or how often I eat out and just carry on as I was. However, I will say that It has been a challenging um, change for me to not just weigh myself out of habit and I think in the past I would just you know weigh myself every Saturday or whatever it is and I would do it um, regardless of how fragile I was feeling or how unsuccessful I was feeling about my goals that week and I think while weighing yourself can be a great way to assess your progress or you know, how you've been doing that week. I think if you don't take into consideration how you're actually feeling before you get on the scale, it can be a really detrimental thing. And I think about the times when I've gotten the scale and I'm, you know, feeling a little bit sick to my stomach about getting on, you know, feeling a little bit of anxiety and stress about like, oh my gosh, the number's gonna be up. I'm such a failure. You know, I didn't do very well this week. And all those thoughts and feelings that you have when you get on the scale and it's actually, you know, maybe it is actually a bit higher than last week. And it's like, it, it proves all your thoughts and fe- negative feelings correct. It's like, oh yeah, you are a failure. You, you didn't do very well this week and look what happened. And I think that that is so much more detrimental than saying, hey, you know what? Normally I weigh myself this day, but I'm not feeling great about some of the choices I made. I'm feeling a little bit more bloated. You know, I've got my period right now. I know I'm retaining some water weight. So I'm I'm sure the scale is going to be up. If the scale, you know, if the number on the scale is higher, how is that going to make me feel? And I, that's literally a question I ask myself before I ever get on the scale these days. And if I say, you know what, I'm feeling fantastic about myself. I feel great. I think I look great. And because of that, I'm not going to be bothered if the number on the scale is higher or lower, then that's a great time to get on the scale. But if you are feeling very fragile, you're feeling a little bit you know, negative about how your week went, and you get on that scale, and you see the number is higher, is that going to set you up for a week where you're really motivated to keep doing what you were doing and focus on those positive things? Or is that going to set the tone for your week in a way where you're like, okay, well, the scale is up. I did terrible last week, clearly. So this week, I'm going to be a lot more strict. I'm going to do more cardio. I'm going to eat less. I'm only going to have salads. I'm going to skip breakfast. And that's kind of the cycle that I would fall into in the past, where that number on the scale determined how I approached my week. It determined, you know, how much I would allow myself to eat, how much cardio I would do, and it completely disregarded the natural fluctuations in weight that we have, especially as women. If you are, depending where you're at in your cycle, you are going to weigh more. You are going to retain more water weight. You are likely going to be bloated. And, you know, you go out for dinner, you have something, a meal higher in sodium, you're going to retain some weight too. You have a little bit more carbs than usual, which is not problematic, but you're also probably going to retain a little more, more water than usual. And this is where those fluctuations can be problematic because if you are not in the right mind frame and to go, Hey, you know what? I'm probably just up because of this. And I don't think that's actual, you know, permanent fat gain and you don't have the, the mindset to acknowledge that and be like, I'm not worried about it. I'm just going to get back to my healthy habits tomorrow. No crazy restriction, no deprivation, then getting on the scale is not going to be the best thing for you. And that's why if you are going to weigh yourself, because a lot of us consider that you know, a healthy way to check in, then do a mental check in before you hop on the scale and really just ask yourself, is getting on this scale going to encourage me positively this week? And if the answer is no, then skip the weigh in, do a mental check in, figure out what you wanna work on and just focus on that as opposed to some number on the scale that really isn't going to tell you the whole entire picture. All right. So thank you so much for listening. I hope my five quote unquote healthy things that I stopped doing will give you a little bit of insight into your own habits and routines. If you would like to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at justget.fit or feel free to email me for one-on-one nutrition coaching at Nikki at justget.fit. Thank you so much for listening.